In today's podcast, we'll be looking at staying creative during COVID. We'll be talking to a, I'm going to call her a polymath because she's so good at everything. Her name is Loretta Hope. She's our special guest today. Uh, And we'll also be looking at some model tips for photographers and a little bit about um, maximizing social media. The Pictorialist, a film and photography podcast by Figmento Films. So I'd like to welcome to, uh, to the podcast Loretta Hope. She is a, she does loads of things, an artist, a performer, a model. Uh, like I said, she's a bit of a polymath uh, and she's, stay, she's one of the people I've been watching stay really creative through this whole um, lockdown. So I'd just like to welcome everyone, Loretta. How's it going? Hello. Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? I'm not bad, yeah. We had a bit of a chat before this as well, and we was like, we need to save some of this for the uh, for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah, one of the reasons I wanted to get you on the podcast was because I've been watching you a lot uh, during this whole thing, just constantly making posts. And uh, before this started, we were kind of saying, um, I feel like, we're quite similar we're both creatives and i've noticed we our content's gone way up since this all started <laughs> yeah definitely and i don't know about you but for me it's a mixture of at first it was like had a crushing anxiety because i was like i've invested so much in this wedding stuff and that and uh, then it's all gone so i was like i gotta keep putting stuff out there then eventually it's just become more of oh i actually enjoy doing this uh, because it helps my business but i also just like being creative so what's yeah. it been like for you? Um, well, before lockdown happened, uh, I'd been working quite intensively for about four weeks on my first ever singing aerial hoop act. Um, and that's something that I'd been wanting to do for years and try to do. And it's quite tricky. Um, it's, it's a juggling game because you're dealing with physical movement whilst trying to deal with breath control and phrasing the choreography around the song lyrics so that it works and it doesn't sound kind of gaspy or anything um and i literally just debuted the first kind of version of this performance at a scratch night maybe a few nights before uh, before lockdown happened so i was all raring to go for the development of it, carry on working on it, iron out all the creases, you know, polish it, and hopefully then get it filmed professionally and send it off to entertainment agencies. And that completely went to pot. So I was very much in a different mode before lockdown from the mode that I am in now. I was operating mostly in real life. I wasn't posting a lot about what I was up to on social media, really, I wouldn't say. Um, And then lockdown happened and I was like, ooh unfamiliar waters obviously um and I was quite quiet for a few weeks I'd say and then I was like well I really need to work I'd uh, lost out on so the photo show which a lot of you will know about at the NEC was cancelled I was booked for that um I would have been working with uh click props on behalf of the flash center Um, And the Flash Centre did still run, because lockdown hadn't quite happened yet at this point, the Flash Centre did still run some free workshops at their Birmingham branch, which was really nice. So they kept me on and that was fantastic. Um, But yeah, for a few weeks after lockdown properly started, I was just dead quiet. 
and I kind of took it as like a bit of a break because I don't usually give myself much of a break as a freelancer. I'm always busy. I've always got something on the go. Um, and then after about two weeks, I was just, I started to throw myself into different creative things, which I'm sure we'll end up talking about in a bit. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you've done, it's your story is so similar to mine. Um, it's, you set a load of stuff up for yourself because it's not like uh, being a, a cre- I'll say a creative because I think film, photography, performing arts, uh, art, uh, actual arts, a lot of paintings and all that sort of stuff, it's, it's all a lot of work you have to generate for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're constantly self-investing, um, you know, buying yourself bits and bobs. For me this year, I decided it was going to be the year I went all in on weddings and just sort of went, um, okay, let's really push this. I'm gonna, I really want to up my, my wedding film game. So got planned to go to a load of wedding, wedding fairs and, and all sorts of stuff, brought loads. Of, I, I, I spent quite a bit, like a fair amount of money on all this material. I know, I listened to your episode and I'm just, yeah. I feel so sad <laughs> hearing you talk about it. It's... So it's just, but it's one of those things, uh, it, you know, everyone's in the same boat. But for me, I don't, I don't like to sit still. I've, what I've found, uh, I think because I've been, I've always done a bit of freelance, but I started my own business about three years ago and I've not really sat still. I've had so many nights and days where like, I've just been up editing or working on mm. something and setting something up, working on web- websites, replying to clients or even just setting up an email so I can just send it in the morning. Just yeah. loads of stuff. You get into a rhythm where you're just constantly working and then I just found, oh, I can't sit still. <laughs> and then I was like, I need to start doing stuff. So I started, um, for the longest time, I wanted to do um, videos for my own YouTube page. I'm always telling clients the importance of like film and photography in uh, maximizing your like social media and that. In fact, I've yeah. got a feeling our like first and last topics will glue together here. Because, yeah, um, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and because like film photography um, and art in general is just so important for for any type of business. So I wanted to apply the same message to myself finally, which was like I've, I've always tried and I've always set myself social pages up and websites, but I've never been able to p- dedicate as much time to my own stuff as I have to other people's mm-hmm. stuff. So I was like, yes, mm-hmm. start making videos. Um, so I just eventually just found myself in this rhythm where all that, the anxiety and that has just been channeled into creating videos and content for my mm-hmm. own self and trying to set up uh, opportunities uh, and other potential business uh, like uh, revenues. I'm hoping, yeah. you know, if this becomes, does well, and hopefully maybe I'll get adverts on here and I can have a yeah. bit of a passive in- income from this as well. Um, and I'm guessing it's a, the same for you because you've got so many things going on you've got those really cool t-shirts like the <laughs> really cute animals i really like them such cool designs so yeah what do you do then what what's your process do you sort of see an opportunity or, or do you go from like an like i just want to try this and, and see if it does well um well i think something that i've really begun to acknowledge over the last few months and this is going back to about january is um, I became aware that I can often be very result driven um, rather than just enjoying the process. 
So when I have creative ideas, I often envisage the end product um, already at a very early stage. And then when I want to be creative, but I'm not feeling inspired, I pressure myself to almost come up with an end product in my mind. And if that can't happen, I get frustrated and think that I'm not very creative at that time. Um, but lockdown has been really good because it's given, you know what I mean? It's been really good in the sense that it has given me the opportunity to have more time and space to do things and to allocate my own time better and organize things as I want or see fit. Um, so after a couple of weeks of kind of <laughs> chilling and milling about, whilst panicking about what the hell was going to happen to business and, and, you know, obviously live events. A lot of my work this summer would have been um, outdoors events, arts festivals, um, entertainment in shopping centres, all live work, working with people closely with children. Um, and of course, none of that's going to happen. So I was very much just kind of like wading in the water and waiting to see what happened. And I just got some black acrylic paint out and a fork which i don't think people realize that is not brush stroke it's actually like the prongs of a fork and i just started to paint with this fork and see what patterns i could create and then i started to paint animals and some of these animals looked quite cute and i was like oh these are neat like quite adorable and I had this vague recollection in the back of my mind that I had this Redbubble account that I had uploaded one design to like three years ago and then neglected ever since. And I just put a status up on Facebook and I think it had over 100 comments saying, what's your favorite animal? And uh, yeah, and it, that's kind of where it started. So I've I've got a series of animals available on all sorts of things, I think, like phone cases, duvet covers, t-shirts mugs the mugs have done well and the stickers i like the giraffe um, animal i don't know that's that the one the that first. really uh, got yeah that was that, that was awesome that was yeah but, that was the one that got me started and I, I painted this little giraffe and i was like it's not half bad actually i could probably bang <laughs> that on red bubble it is um, perfect for red bubble i, I go on red bubble <laughs> quite a lot because i like the fan I like when fans design like art of like um i don't know like popular sort of like media because usually it's better than like the official stuff you can get mm. and uh so yeah i always one of my favorite um like t-shirts i got was like a hot a hotline miami t-shirt i got off red bubble i was like this is awesome it's so cool brilliant so i'm not oh, well, work i was like yeah that's totally that sort of um material yeah it's it's cute it's done well the thing is i should really crack on and do some more because i've got my sights set on getting a tablet at some point a graphics tablet and when I do, I've got a feeling that it'll be a long time between first getting that tablet and coming back to the paints because it's quite a long process. Yeah. I paint paint on paper and then scan it and then have to go through, as you can imagine, a process on Photoshop digitizing this um, and turning it into quite a clean PNG file that will work well for printing. Um, and on Redbubble, you have that choice to like just have a single image or for it to repeat. Yeah. And it can repeat in a grid form like this, or it can repeat like offset like that. Um, so you have to make sure that you've made your canvas the right size so that the design is close or far away as you want it to be. Um, so it's quite long winded, I would say. 
considering a lot of people can just do a doodle on a tablet and just whack it on the internet and it's yeah. done. So, um, yeah. I, I would have given you my tablet, but it wasn't a very good one. I just uh, I thought I'd have a crack at that sort of stuff and I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> I've got this. Um, Jack has this old one that's been gathering dust in his drawer. Look at this little whack on. It's like about a decade old. Oh, wow. I think um, my one's newer than that as well, no way. <laughs> and he, he hasn't been using it and uh, we were watching a lot of reviews um, on different tablets and specs and stuff and comparison videos and in the interim before I decide whether or not I want to invest given the circumstances um, yeah thought I'd try my hand at this one and it's hard because you can't see what you're doing like you know you've got that yeah. disconnect yeah it's, um, uh, it's weird I, I am actually considering getting better one at some point because um there's a lad i've been doing some product photography I finally had some work Woo! i've been yes! doing some uh, <laughs> 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 i was doing some like product photography and the dude is a really really good photographer uh, mm. and i was like you know how do you want me to edit these and um uh, he was like oh uh just like this and i seen he had this tablet and he was like i was like man i have to do all that by mouse and keyboard he was like now nah, this is way easier watching him use it he's such a good um uh, he's such a good um photographer and and photo editor as well um yeah. and uh i was like okay watching him use it makes sense to me now because i can see like before i, I just brought it because i just thought uh this might be cool i can draw and no what you you need to make sure the tool you're getting is like suitable for purpose uh which is why always buying cheap isn't always you know what's that what's that saying buy cheap buy twice oh yeah i think so yeah i think so you're true. right but having said that like talking about tech what we have been looking at is the difference between the wacom cintiq pro range which is we're talking three grand for a 16 inch or what yeah 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 because until recently and i think maybe in the last year or so they offered they offered a certain aspect of the product technology that nobody else had and nobody else was offering so you can kind of understand you know them being able to price but they're missing audience obviously yeah. and some other companies have come in huyon's come in xp pen i think it's called has come in and they're offering the same so the cintiq pro range unlike that one that i just had it's got a screen that you yeah. are actually drawing on um and they call it laminate laminated screen where the distance between um what your pen's making contact with and the canvas in the image is reduced so it means that you lose that parallax and it's a lot more accurate and there seems to be less lag and that's so a on. lot nicer i would have it's also lot, liked yeah. if they had like a texture to it because it's a one thing i love about doodling on a piece of paper is it's a tactile thing it's the same reason yeah. i like reading books and i've got um I've got a, um, a, what do you call it, a Kindle, which I could probably hold like a thousand books on, but there's there's something tactile uh, about flicking through the pages of a book, and it's the same with doodling. Like Sometimes mm. I just like to um, get a piece of paper out and just doodle a piece. I, I love drawing with pins for some reason, so I yeah. just like to do... So it'd be nice if they, they got something that could get that texture down as well. They've got... Um, yeah, they some of them do have different surfaces. They do kind of have more of a... Um, a, a matte surface almost that's pretty cool um because they talk about it in the comparison videos like does it 
does it dull what you're seeing like how's the color accuracy and so on and so forth so they talk about that because some people would refer prefer a really glassy screen like an ipad yeah and some people wouldn't they would prefer to feel that pull of their hand on the screen like it's on paper yeah and i think i, I would too but yeah so yeah it's a part of the drawing it's like i feel you you do have that sort of um what would you call it that friction when you're drawing and it yeah. kind of i feel like it kind of helps guide your pen a little bit um yeah. which i really like i haven't drawn properly for ages but uh i just like doodling stuff for fun drawing silly things on textbooks at school <laughs> i love it so that's something else i've been doing in lockdown starting from the first of may which is um the mermaid challenge do you know about it have you no. seen any of my is this posts? like planking and owling but you have to no. pretend to be a mermaid no <laughs> no <laughs> okay so the mermaid challenge the official challenge is run by a guy called tom bancroft and tom bancroft is one of the you know one of the original animators that was in the disney crew and um, so he animated and designed mushu in mulan and oh, awesome. so many so many other characters and he's actually got a twin brother called tony who is also an animator um and tony designed pumba and his handle on instagram is the pumba guy which i love <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so tom bancroft runs this challenge called mermaid and you have to draw well you don't have to but it's a daily drawing challenge where you draw a mermaid a day so um i've been doing that do you watch did you watch avatar the last airbender yeah it's awesome okay no, hang so... on the cartoon yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, the, the cartoon is awesome. <laughs> the film yeah, wasn't so it. good. So, oh, no, I haven't seen that. No, I couldn't spoil it for myself. I haven't seen it yet. But um, the other day, I drew Azula. So there she is as a mermaid. Oh, that's awesome. If In you've got great, drops... crazy kill everybody lightning mode. It's a bit so pixelated, on not it? If you send me, if you send me the... Um picture what i'll do is i'll uh put it on because this is, goes onto youtube as well as uh, spotify oh, so i'll yeah. uh, put it up so everyone could see it amazing thank you oh i also did um so that was for the prompt wrath because you know when she's like crazy and she just wants to kill everybody yeah um and then there was a prompt uh star wars on may the 4th obviously uh so i did do you watch clone wars Oh, I've got to catch up. I do like it, but I've uh, I've fallen so far behind. That's all right. Like, but you'll know who the character is. That's cool. Uh, oh, gosh. Ahsoka! Oh, no way. There's a mermaid. You're, so, you're a really good artist. <laughs> Thanks. You are? I just thought... I just thought, you know, I love art so much and I often don't find the time to draw when I'm too busy running around training and going to rehearsals and traveling for gigs and filming and whatnot. Um, and I just thought I always crave this quiet time, so I yeah. should really make use of it. So I've been cracking away at that. You, Incidentally, you can win a whack on <laughs> doing this cool. challenge. I seriously doubt I will, but like that is one of the perks of entering these drawings on Instagram. I never win you... anything. <laughs> the last person who was on here beat me out of competition. I know. I've been entering all kinds of. I've been entering all kinds of instruments. Yeah, she won A7. Sony A7. Oh. So, awesome, uh, awesome camera. Um, yeah, that frustrated me. I, <laughs> do you know what was funny about that? Actually, we didn't say it in the episode. Is that me and her looked at each other at the start of the day, and I said, and I don't know. We, we just sort of went. One of us is going to win it, and. 
it's going to be, I said it's going to be me, and she said it's going to be her. But there was about, how many people? There was about 15 to 20 other Jessup's Academy store trainers there as well. So I got runner-up and she won. So I was like, not bad, not bad. So close, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's super going. annoying. They had this uh, this guy modelling there, and I was like, I'm going to step this up a bit. Uh, so they had these lights, and uh, I was the first person to go up and change the gels in the lights. So I had like a red and blue gel, uh, so it's a really cool photo. But like an idiot, I didn't take the gels back out again. So everyone after me just copied my photo, and I was like, you're joking. <laughs> I was like, yeah, come on, seriously. Yeah. Do you know what? I've had that um, in workshops. Oh, it's so frustrating. It's like, what? Come on, be original. Um, if I knew how to use that camera a bit better as well, I probably could have got an even cooler shot. But I was glad Sarah won it though because um, she, um, I don't know, she's really passionate about photography. She loves landscape photography, uh, and that that type of camera was awesome for her at that time. It's mm. a good sort of step up from what she was using. Great. Um, yeah. No, I was well chuffed. It's good, like from a woman's perspective, it's good for women to be recognised. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to a trade that is tech based you know yeah like yeah photography obviously uh feels like the process was used to be a lot more hands-on in terms of getting it right in camera and now it is all settings and lighting and sync speed and you know yeah. um and it, it's nice it's nice for women to be recognized definitely i was well chuffed <laughs> I was gutted for you when I listened to the episode, but I was kind of chuffed at the same nah, time. That's all right. I like a, I like a bit of competition. It's good. I en- I've entered <laughs> a photo into a, into landscape photography photographer of the year, but I didn't. I only found out about it when it was too late, basically. And I rushed my photo in. I put a spelling mistake in the title, and I was like, no. Oh no. But we'll see. It's not judged on to- It's not judged on spelling. It's judged on photos. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Your photo was technically the best photo there was, Luke. But this spelling mistake. <laughs> never enter it again <laughs> if you're getting married this year the chances are you've had to put your plans on hold and though i can't rewrite 2020 for you what i would like to do is offer you 150 pounds off our elegance package elegance is our flagship wedding film package and it comes with two videographers with over 10 years of photo and videography experience the package comes with a complimentary consultation to discuss your wedding day and make sure everything is tailored to you your film will come on USB and DVD and the DVD will come in a handmade wooden DVD box with custom engraved names. On the USB drive you will find a cinematic highlight reel that you can share with friends and family across social media. On the DVD you will find a 40 to 50 minute feature length cut of your whole day. Your wedding day means a lot to us and we put in extra effort to make sure every time you view your film it always feels magical. This offer is available for one month only and finishes on the 20th of June 2020. If you'd like to know more about this package, you can check out www.figmentofilms.com forward slash packages. You can also find examples of our films and testimonials from people who have used our services. If you'd like to contact me, you can email me at lukebrown at figmentofilms.com. Make sure you email me as soon as possible for £150 off our flagship wedding film package. T's and C's apply. Please contact us for more details. Do you know what we haven't done actually? We haven't narrowed down. I've, look, you are basically a polymath. You do art, performance, you did aerials, skating, illustrations. So, how would you define yourself? What am I? I always struggle with this 
like people i've been on so many different things like seminars workshops you know creative meetups and uh, it, it always turns into a topic like what's your elevator pitch what's your you know one liner about yourself and mine ends up being I start, I define maybe two things and then I kind of go, but I do a bit of everything really. And that yeah. just is a, is, a, is a conversation starter in itself because people go, what do you mean you do everything? And I'm like, well, it's hard to explain and it's quite a list and it sounds very unrealistic. Um, I feel like the more things you have to mention that you can do, the less people are likely to believe you. So it always makes me feel a bit weird. So I often just go with the first couple of things that I've done recently, yep. if that makes sense. So like right now in lockdown, I'm a voiceover artist. That's what I'm offering most of. Yep. Um, so I started my Fiverr account because people had told me to do it for about two years and I hadn't got around to it. I was, I was actually crazy shocked when I found out you hadn't had a Fiverr account. I was like... I was like, I, know. I was face palming. I was like, no, why haven't you got a fiver? I know, I know, I know, I know. But it's another one of those things, isn't it? It's work that you do from home, unless you've got a studio. But you know what I mean? Like, it's produced at home. And a lot of what I produce normally is out of home. And I, I always, it's almost as though I just have a pull to leave the house normally in life. Yeah. Um, work i'm just i want to be out i want to be with people rehearsing skill building whatever um so i guess it was just on the back burner it was it was on the list it was always on the list i just hadn't got around to it and well, now i have you have so now. now and that's funny you should say that so uh who, who was <laughs> your first uh your first uh, job then had any luck <laughs> on there recently by any chance on fiber my first client was you <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes, yes. So, so a bit of info for everyone. Uh, Loretta is the voice at the start and the end of the uh, of the podcast. So she's the one who says, <laughs> "Can you remember the line?" The Pictorialist, a film and photography podcast by Figmento Films. There you, there go, you go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to think about which order it was. Was it film and photography or photography and film? <laughs> Still remember the line. I tried uh, doing this advert um, for this, <laughs> for this, and uh, oh man, it took me about twenty takes, like twenty takes. I've got this thing. I don't like uh, when I was directing at, at Gemporia, uh, or that like people who just think that's just shopping TV, and it is just shopping TV. What you don't understand is they ain't. There's no script. Those there are some men there as well but mostly those like presenters they're um it's four hours of them just talking it's yeah. it's such a hard skill it's yeah. so skilled and um whenever i was training someone because i don't like how wooden scripts can make you become um i would sort of like coach them along by just sort of like just doing a lot of, um when i started doing their youtube stuff we'd have a presenter come in and I didn't like working with many scripts so I'd just sort of give them a loose script full of bullet points and then I'd just get them to do take after take until they could just sort of say it naturally in their own words and that's what I try to do for myself as well so mm. uh but when they get to a certain level I remember the CEO of of Gemporia I had to do some promotional films for him for uh, for the YouTube page and uh, I was like, oh, I've uh, just written you up this little script and that he looked through it once and you can say what you want about him and 
but one thing he was good at is his memory. He just stood there. <laughs> one one take, he filmed every single promotion thing I had written for him, That's every true. single one in one take. And I was like, I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm done. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm not at I that level yet. <laughs> I think it's really hard, definitely. Um, we, we can come back around to like Fiverr and voiceover, but like something that I'd been doing, um, it's just on pause this week. I'm having a bit of a break, but for five weeks, I did a live stream on Facebook every Friday called Face Art Friday. So face painting is another skill that I have. Um, and I offer it for kind of community events and fates and so on. And then I also offer it as as more of a, a makeup artist, if you like, um, to paint a team of entertainers, like yeah. to go with their costumes, to go out for corporate jobs, corporate entertainment, that sort of thing. Um, but the one of the companies that I work for a lot is Circus Smash, who are based in Kings Heath. And um, I just thought it would be nice to kind of do these tutorials every Friday. But what I was doing was painting the design before that day and then kind of, you know, phones up. Hi, everyone. Remember to tune in with me this Friday for Face Art Friday at 10 a.m. What literally 10 takes yep. every time because I would forget to say the time that it would be on. <laughs> Uh, I'd forget to say which channel or like what what page they would find it on because I was cross posting through the Facebook page for Mash and my own Facebook pages, and it was just like or I'd forget to talk about the theme or something, and it is hard. I think it's hard. I think I'm good with scripts, but yeah, it can trying be to do it off the top of your head, like because uh, I just like a loose a loose script so I can yeah I, d I want it to sound like me and if I script whenever I script stuff it just sounds like I'm going welcome to the podcast and today we've got um Loretta Hope and it just feels forced I'm like no feels no, no. A bit wooden. Yeah. that's why I try to do it after that's why I try to do it off the cuff and then it, I also find it a bit more I don't know hopefully hopefully it comes across as a bit more endearing if I'm not 100% perfect all the time as well yeah more engaging like more authentic yeah exactly um so you've got Fiverr um and you're doing your face paint you also did bump art bump is that what it's called you're painting uh, baby bumps baby bump yeah, yeah baby bump maternity painting um yeah i can come up with like a bespoke art design for pregnant women this concept came over from america i believe because a lot of people in the uk find it really bizarre and to be honest i do too but it's a really enjoyable experience they look really um, good it does not surprise me that you come from america either Oh, no, I know. They're crazy. I love America. Um, yeah. So it's it's really nice. It's like, so the mum-to-be gets to just chill out on the day and get painted. The babies usually respond as well. They can feel it. Like, oh, wow. it, tick it tickles them. And they're often a lot more active than usual at that time of day. So it's really interesting to experience that with, with these mums. Um, I had to cancel one actually because I had a woman inquiring just as lockdown was kind of happening um, and she wasn't that far off her due date maybe a few weeks and I just had to cut the comms short and say yeah. I'm just I'm looking at what the advice is um, and I really don't think it's a sensible idea for me to come to you I think it was when the first article hit the papers about an unborn baby 
contracting COVID and I was yeah. like, absolutely not coming near you for your own benefit. Like, yeah. I'm so sorry, please understand. And she was fine about it. Um, hopefully that baby made it into the world. Okay. I need to get in touch and just check in on her and see how things are. That, that um, was a similar experience with me. One of the people who I met at, met at the wedding fair, the person who was hosting, she's really nice. I actually filmed the wedding for her as well. We was mm. talking about because she's going to set up a venue to host um, to host uh, like weddings and stuff. That was another. Do you know when I facepalmed you not having Fiverr? I, I spoke to her. I facepalmed her not doing that because I was like, "You're you're in you're in like a pub in like a, uh, in Tewkesbury, which is famous for the Archers, I believe, down the road from a church, a really nice church, and you you've got, you own a pub and you've not. It's not just. It's a. It's a. Uh, I don't know how many hundreds of years old it is, but it's like a traditional sort of building that yeah. people can stop over there. And I was like, you only just thought of doing mm. this. So we got talking and we was like, we'll have a meeting next week. And then next week didn't come because of uh, she was pregnant and all this has happened. Mm. Such a pain. Wild. It is wild. Yeah. It's but so strange. It is strange. Um, I mean, how are you coping? Because I... When I was younger, I was very much, I was probably quite an introvert, especially through my teens and that. I got used to just being very chilled out by myself and that. But so I just mm. presumed oh, I'll be fine. But actually, it's I've ended up. I found myself getting a lot more stressed than I thought I would. <laughs> and I was just like, it, some of it's to do with work, but I, I, some of it's just to be like, just it's not like you're locked down. You you can't go to work, and you, but you can do what you want. It's like no, you're locked down you really can't go far from your house and yeah, you only yeah. allow that like, so long. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's not like annual leave from a normal job, is it, where you can just go to the cinema and go here, go there, blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, so you know this about me already. I've had I've, I've had a, my own chapter of isolation before between two spinal surgeries that I had. Um, so in the sense of not seeing people... I've handled it in a very okay way. Yeah. Um, my previous isolation, I saw my best friend quite a bit, but she went on tour for a job. Um, and obviously we just, you just keep in touch with people by message or by phone. Um, but it was different being sick when everyone else was going about their normal life, you know? Yeah. Because often you'd think that they would, but often people don't make the effort because they forget because they're caught up in their bubble, they're very, very busy, yeah. and contrastingly, you're not. So you very much feel, I felt very alienated from a lot of my friends, whereas now, it's like everyone's in it together. People, are certainly in the first month, all made the effort to stay in touch very tightly. Yeah. And then it's loosened naturally as people have become more busy or had different things to deal with, understandably. Um, but we're all kind of roughly in the same boat. Yeah. So... Yeah, I've handled it fine um, on a personal level. Quite chilled out and enjoying like the creative time at home. More stressed, though, than I've ever been when in a supermarket, definitely. Like, <laughs> but that's because Tesco brought in this, our Tesco brought in like a one-way system that nobody that follows. That no one listens to, yeah. No, there are massive arrows on the floor. I was halfway up the aisle going the wrong way when I realised because they hadn't signed, like, you know, they hadn't advertised this system very well. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm breaking a rule. <laughs> That's where... Like, 
and then yeah, I realised no one else cared, and every and this one guy as well came and reached right past me, yeah. like my head was there, and I was like, "Get out of my personal space!" Oh my god! <laughs> it's re- it's one of the things that's given me a lot of stress. It's what I don't mm. tend to get angry. What makes me more angry than anything else is two things: it's when something doesn't work when it's supposed to work. <laughs> And the the second one is just bad manners. Uh, and yeah. like I was out yesterday, and a guy and his girlfriend. I was like walking one side of the path, uh, but they wouldn't move over to the other side at all. So they just walked right past me, almost like almost touching shoulders. And I'm just like, I part know. of me wants to stop and just say like, what are you doing? Like you know, yeah. You don't. I always kick myself because I, I know if I stop. I'd get angry and we'd have an altercation mm. and we'd be like, oh, shouting. And then you'd feel stupid. But I also feel, feel, I also feel like I've backed down if I haven't said anything, which also makes me feel stupid. I can completely relate. And the only way um, so far, the only solution that I personally have found in my area is to change when I walk. So um, if I do not get up early enough to walk at eight o'clock in the morning, yeah. Then I don't walk until eight o'clock at night yeah. because I know I know we've and I've checked now. It's just so quiet. You pass yeah. the odd person, but that person has made the same decision and moves across from you. You know, like yeah, you both an understanding make way. there. Yeah. Whereas it seems like <laughs> there's like idiot period of the day, which yeah. is like between nine thirty and about seven p.m. Yeah. Where people walk in a four of like friends and they're all oh, shoulder to shoulder it's so obnoxious i know God. let's not let's not I can, <laughs> let's move I'll get on frustrated talking about it <laughs> i know so obviously we're both passionate about um this whole covered thing uh and i think you know it's very easy to go uh, yeah. down the rabbit hole on all of that but mm-hmm. i think we should probably bring it back in a bit more towards how we've managed to make the best of a bad situation because i think We've already talked about being like creative and yeah. the importance of being creative for us, which I th- I think for us, for me in a way, it's proved that I'm just a creative at heart. I just like, mm. I have to be working on something. And from you, I can just, oh, I, th- gosh, I yeah. presume yeah, that's definitely. the same for you as well. Yeah, it it's is. It's a part of who you are. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, um, it, I still like, I tried, I went through a period where, I even struggled to get to sleep at night because my mind would just be racing. And it was quite a big chapter of my life. Um, And it was like an ongoing issue. My mind would just be constantly racing with what I wanted to do, how to develop this creative project, whatever it was, who I wanted to contact about it, get feedback from this person, get inspiration from that person. Um, And I'm luckily at a stage where I can disconnect and put it to bed when I go to bed and I can just go done um but but you know I do wake up thinking about it what what's today how am I going to begin today you know um today was uh, yeah it's what did I start with today some new crazy sort of hobby that like uh something completely random as well like oh no so um poetry so it's a bit different it's not something i've mentioned so far in this podcast um poetry is something that i used to absolutely adore in school i got on with poetry really well and we didn't really do a lot of it in english but when we did i used to kind of tend to stand out and the teachers would be like 
oh, will you read it in assembly to the whole school or to the year group? And I'd be like, yeah. oh, because I used to get terrible stage fright. Um, so it's some, something I really enjoyed was the process of making the poem, not the performance side of it at the time. Um, and then it's something that I've kind of like dropped. Then like three years ago, I discovered Outspoken London and they're a poetry organisation and they have an annual prize for poetry competition and i it was a tight deadline when i first discovered them on twitter the deadline for the project was two weeks later and it didn't bother me that i hadn't written any poetry since school i was like i'm entering i'm gonna do it and i just against all these people that write on a daily basis you know and they have this daily practice where they they really work at it and I put together this poem. I don't know. Have you ever seen the video? It's called Barbarous. Is that a cinematic thing you yeah. do on your YouTube page? Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. That was. I got Jack yeah. to film for it, and uh, yeah, so it's I entered it into the film category. So there are different categories. There's page poetry, so you just submit the text. Um, oh, I can't remember what the second category is. Uh, maybe live performance, so a video of you performing your your piece live, and then a film poem, which is a more cinematic experience. And I wrote this poem, Barbarous, about homelessness in Birmingham, and incredibly, it got long listed <laughs> in wow. its category. And I was both in absolute awe and over the moon, and then at the same time felt like a complete fraud because I was like. Who am I? Just popping up off Imposter Twitter. syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've just popped off, up, popped up on Twitter, found outspoken, entered the competition at very short notice and got longlisted. Like, I don't even write as a practice. Um, then I tried to... It didn't go any further than being longlisted, but it encouraged me enough to write, try to write a couple more poems, and they didn't go well because I didn't have that practice and I didn't know how to push through when I was struggling to get things together in, in, in poetry. Um, so it fizzled. And then I'm part of this cohort called BAIT, which is Birmingham Artivists in Training, um, which is run by Beat Freaks in Birmingham. And this was something that I started in February this year. Um, and a lot of those people are poets. And a lot of the people who run and mentor and lead these sessions are are poetry orientated so i've picked up a lot of skills so um today i filmed a poem that i wrote last night just on my phone um and yep. i submitted it to a friend who runs this event called drinks and jams on a thursday night and it's usually at a venue which obviously it's not right now um yep. so he's kind of collecting captured material from people and knitting it all together for a live stream tonight so that's exciting so yeah that's really cool yeah it was um he, he gave us all a prompt and i'm working really well to prompts at the moment and the prompt for the week last week was green so i had to come up with a poem that somehow encompassed green ah this explains why you some of your posts on um on facebook now yeah 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 tim his name is he's cool he works at this venue called the shed in leicester um he works on the bar there and i've been to the events once or twice but never performed um and yeah i'm writing i've written two poems this week that i'm actually quite pleased with after writing nothing for for years again um 
And the other poem is about how a bit of a controversial topic, really, um, considering this podcast, but it's about how men, male photographers, treat models. Um, and oh, that's... Yeah. Okay. Not all, yeah. not all male. I hasten to say not all male photographers, but how some male photographers feel they can treat models um not the likes of you luke i've worked with you and i know that you're <laughs> nothing like the kind of people that i'm highlighting but um yeah this this i did another podcast where we talked a lot about models and photographers and photography industry from a model's perspective and uh, and this one topic came up about things that m male photographers had said to us um and it was quite shocking. And I thought, I think I need to produce some work about this, something to express how it makes me feel. So that's that's something that I'm working on at the moment. And I think oh. there will be poetry and self-shot photography. And I don't really know what else, whatever, whatever, wherever the wind takes me. I haven't decided yet. It's just it's took me back because I think it's really interesting because you've made my brain go oh there's loads I want to talk about there there's so much <laughs> maybe another but, time in a year <laughs> yeah but what I would like to touch upon though is um um some like model tips for photographers mm. because I do see that I've seen a lot of friends uh, I've actually seen um, male photographers who have had um, uh, not from it hasn't it's been at the hands of other no it's been male models at the hands of, of photographers yeah. uh, the photographer I ain't going to call out any names but the photographer was a dude as well mm. um, I'm guessing there, there probably are some women who, who misbehave as well mm. I wanted to just dig it into just sort of um, some general sort of like tips of like etiquette. courtesy yeah. and ethics and, and etiquette for like um models and photographers um i think that's really really important yeah i think so this was what we spoke about on um a, a, a in depth on this other podcast and i think that mutual respect is a huge one and for the people who already give that respect and assume that that respect is unsaid it's almost like a no-brainer, you know? Yeah. Um, and for the other sector of people, it seems less obvious and they probably won't take it on board. So it always feels like a bit of a mute point, you know, to mention. Yeah. But obviously, mutual respect is like... It should be a foundation of life, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that if you're working with a model or going to work with a model... Um, you have to remember that they are a human being. They have thoughts, feelings, and they're not just a mannequin. And whatever you are going to create, hopefully, is a collaboration. It's a team effort. It's not yeah. the model show, and the model needs to know that. And it's not the photographer show, and the photographer needs to know that. It's And depending on the brief, you know, but if, if we're talking about um, photography enthusiasts, hobbyists or semi-pros then that very much is is where i think it's at if obviously you are shooting commercially or for a corporate brief um then there are certain things that you will be following or aiming for 
or going in the direction of. And in that case, the photographer may seem more important in the team or the model may seem more important in the team. But regardless, I don't really think that. Yeah, yeah there I, needs to be a hierarchy established there if everybody just respects one another, you know. Exactly. I, I think some tips I would I would give is uh, number one, I would say communication is key. Absolutely. Always communicate with your model and and likewise as well. It's really important, I think, uh, for photographers and models to be to always see eye to eye. So, for a photographer, I would say, uh, make sure your model knows what kind of experience you have, what you have in store. Because if you spring something completely unexpected on the model, that's completely unfair and unprofessional. Mm. So, I always say, you know, I'm going to go out. We're going to take some photos. I don't know. We're going to take some natural photos in the woods, and we're going to do it like this. And it's inspired by this. And I talk to them mm. in in depth. Um, I don't do a lot of um, like model photography, but I do a lot of like uh, portrait. Uh, I do a lot of um, like product photography and corporate photography. Rules apply. You know, you can't just go into a corporate building and just be like, oh, "That's cool. That's a really cool product. I'm just going to take a photo." got to let them know in as much detail yeah. as you can what your ideas are and if they have ideas and my other tip would be for the model is to be honest about what your ex- experience is and mm-hmm. what you what you were comfortable mm-hmm. doing as well yeah absolutely um i think that from a model's perspective it is if if it was a model approaching a photographer for photos for collaboration or or otherwise um so well either either party going either way with the first communication say what you've done whether that's something everything or nothing say what you would like to produce what your goal is um and why what the use of of images is whether that's a model saying i would like images for a portfolio or a photographer saying and i've had this um what I really want is a model who has their own wedding dress and I want to shoot you and I want you to be the face of my my wedding services for photography. Yeah. Um, make it really clear what the usage of the images is. Yes. Um, if you are dealing with a novice model, they may well be happy to shoot anything just for portfolio um, because it will benefit them. If they are very experienced, then they will have rates according to the usage of photography. Um, and that's really important. And I always think it's really good etiquette to include a link to your work. Um, yes, and it, 100%. It sounds so silly. And if you don't have a website, um, perhaps, and I don't really use these sorts of, of sites very much. I've got profiles, but they're inactive. Perhaps a model mayhem profile or, yep. I mean, there's purple port as well. I know a lot of people use. I really don't. Um, there used to be Flickr, of course. Uh, yeah. Or even a Facebook album will do. Or an Instagram, you know. Show, show yeah, there's people, so many yeah, options now. Show somebody what it is that you've got in your portfolio. Um, and if I'm, if I'm approaching a photographer that does what could I give really good maybe they're really really fantastic at artistic lighting for portraits and I want to go ethereal I would send my portfolio and I'd say I don't have a lot of ethereal work but that's what I really want something dreamy so here's what I have got 
And here are some inspiration pictures of of the kind of thing I'd love to produce with you if you're interested. Um, so I think in, inspiration pictures are always a really fantastic idea. Um, yes. And yeah, like you said, communication. I love an inspiration board. I think oh, that's yeah. uh, if if I have if I have to deal with uh, corporate photography, and I l- learned this a, a lot over the last few years. Is I'll ask for an inspiration board. I'll say, could you send me some stuff like some some of the things you might have in mind? Because mm. uh, it's really hard to get a, convey an idea. But obviously, a picture says a thousand words. It's yeah, corny, but it's true. Oh, it's so true. <laughs> and um, yeah, establish boundaries and respect boundaries and be honest. When um, Loretta helped me out on uh, that candle advert a few years back, and I had no budget. Like I was doing that for free for her. Uh, and I just said to you, I've got like no, like no, like money to pay you. Yeah. Uh, and you was cool about that. I was completely open about sort of like this is, what I could yeah. do. This is a big thing. So the position I was in, if it had just been stills photography, I might have thought twice. The position I was in was I had a really strong portfolio of stills, but I was really hoping yeah. to be building material for a showreel. Um, yeah certainly because i don't know if it was before i think it was before i had commercial representation which i do now and that that showreel is essential really for commercial rep so i was very keen to get on board um i always love it i saw a post yesterday or the day before from a guy that does film and he was like on, on facebook um i'm looking to really expand my my list i don't have many of sound ops uh, cameramen, actors, actresses, um, and he has a really well-paid normal job. So he was like, you will be getting paid something because I'm inexperienced and I don't think that I can give you exposure. So I'm not going to sell it to you that way. Like, yeah. don't try and sell people exposure. Just don't do it. Yeah, it's, it's I, I hate you that. You just leave it. Leave it out of the conversation entirely. Like, yeah. if they're going to get exposure... It's, it's really bonus, insulting. But- Oh, it yeah. happened to me recently. It happens to me continuously. Any creatives, because this uh, this is a pod, this is a film, mate, uh, film and photography podcast. But we do have an emphasis on business. And one niche I am trying to fill a little bit of is not just uh, trying to help fellow creatives. It's also to try and help fellow people, uh, uh, people who are going to use those services. One giant overall tip I could give is. Don't go to so it, it's really patronizing to say to someone, I'll it, uh, it will help with your exposure. Mm. It's it happened recently by someone who I've worked for companies who could like sit on him and crush him, and I'm just like, I don't need your exposure. Mm. I was like, I was liking everything you were saying up until you said it'd be good for your exposure. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I think, it's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ultimately, if you're saying that you're really highlighting that you need something from somebody and you're trying yeah. to tell them why they should be on board. And yeah. and you don't need to do that because if it's of interest or benefit to them, they will be on board anyway. Like, exactly. you don't need to promise exposure. It's unnecessary. If there is exposure and it helps, great. That's a bonus. Yeah. If there is no exposure and it doesn't benefit that person whatsoever, but for example, with, yeah. with the Bounty Candles ad we did, um, I had the material. I was able to use that for my showreel. So yeah. there's my benefit. And I know you, so I'm more yeah. inclined to you know, collaborate because you're not just a stranger out of the blue. I had somebody no. 
somebody asked me I, and I, it was wild contacted me by my facebook page um do you have a wedding dress yes i do and do you do bridal photography yes i do um and if you looked through my portfolio you would see that very clearly um i didn't say that but that's what i was thinking i, I don't yeah. know why he was asking if he you know I would imagine if I was going to contact somebody, I'd look through all the work I could find of theirs beforehand out of yeah. sheer interest. And then he said, can you be the face? I, I want to do a shoot with you then if you've got the dress. Um, and you and literally that scenario I posed earlier was a real thing. I'd like you to be the face of my of my wedding photography services. Yeah. And I said, well, what's your budget? Um because I could tell which way it was going. I didn't need to give rates. So I asked what my budget, what his budget was. And he said, oh, I wanted to do it on a collaborative basis. And I was like, well, mm. you want me to give my time free to advertise a service that you are going to charge, hopefully, a reasonable fee for. Um, yep. Because if you're in the wedding business, you should be charging a reasonable fee for it because it's a tough job. Um, yep. But you want me to do that, to do free, all that for free yeah. and do my own it's, hair and makeup and bring a dress that I've purchased. Yeah. It, it roils me up. It's, I mean, just to roll back a bit. Sorry if that sounded like a bit arrogant when I said like companies would sit on them and push them. <laughs> it's just that it's, it roils me up. So it makes me so angry because I'm like, I'm really working my, I'm, you know, I'm working my butt off. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I've spent years with these skills and you've spent years on, with your skills and yeah. stuff and you've done all this kind of work. You've already got all this sort of stuff in place. What you actually need is you need to pay bills. Of course. You know, you need to put money towards your savings. Yeah. yeah exposure isn't going to get you some nice shopping from, you know, yeah, and <laughs> isn't going to fill your shopping basket up. Absolutely. And if if I think it's worth mentioning at this point that there are some big companies out there that try to get something for nothing. Um, oh, man. Yep. And Coca-Cola, a few years ago, um, tried to cast for acrobats and gymnastics for an advert. Yeah. They weren't paying or they were proposing that they, they were proposing it was, um, you know, beneficial for these performers to do it without fees. I don't know if that went ahead or if equity threw a wobbler about it. I think the latter definitely happened, but I don't know whether the shoot went ahead with no fee. Um, and Britain's Got Talent um, have contacted a hell of a lot of people that I know that do different circus skills. Um, and this is a sneaky one because they want them to audition but they want them yep. to audition so that they have the footage and they can use it for the actual broadcasting yep. advert. Um, and so this whole exposure thing happens big and small. Um, and it's, it's, it's a big issue. And I think that honesty is key. Like, yeah, I love to shoot stills with people as a model that's worked for 10 years. I don't, um, I don't tend to approach photographers that are going to charge me. I'll approach yeah. photographers and say, this is what I look like. This is what I'd love to shoot. Does it benefit you? If it doesn't, yeah. then say, and we won't do it. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Um, and also people people flow and ebb. Like I have periods where I'm so busy, uh, also desperately quiet, that I, I don't yeah. take unpaid collaborations. And then sometimes yeah. I do. And it just depends on the brief. 
Yeah, you got. There's a lot of things you play by ear. So mm. if if there are any creative, for example, if there are any creatives out there who are like, you might be thinking now, well, okay, then and that means I can always say, um, I definitely want to be paid for this. Sometimes one of the best things I'm finding is you have to play certain things by ear because mm. sometimes if you can play the long game of certain things, it can work out really, really well. Doing a, a favor for someone can sometimes help build uh, a relationship yeah. uh, which is good for like networking and and that's where exposure might be good uh, you know if someone if you knew someone who worked for a big company and what I try to do is say okay I'll do it but as long as I can maybe flash my logo for a few seconds mm. so that there's a bit of so there's a bit of something if that's that can be quite useful we have to play it by ear but mm. don't be afraid to say no as well yeah don't be afraid to say no and just keep it polite like um, my response is never i'm never up in arms or offended if somebody asks me to do something free and let well i'll give that wedding guy as an exception because he seemed completely unaware that what he was actually asking for was a bit unreasonable but if people are shooting something personal project or they're trying to build in some way and they could be a really really successful um photographer for for example in one area but want yeah. to collaborate in a different area for their own yeah. personal development and i wouldn't look at that person and go but you shoot for mercedes why haven't you got the money to pay me because yeah. it's a different realm completely um so i think it's just important to be polite always you know sometimes yeah I'll always just be say, polite yeah I'll just say and, and, I can't collaborate at this time, but possibly in the future, because yeah. it's it's silly to burn a bridge. Um, you don't know what. Yeah, will come definitely. Mm. For me, like uh, I obviously started my business, and I'm still really small business, especially with what's going on now. Um, I what I try to stick to is I always really believe strongly in. I'll always um, I always just believe in good manners. Yeah. And I'll always believe in trying to pay people people back, even if I don't tell them. And I think everyone who's helped me out so far, I always... I think when you did Bounty Candles, I'll still give you some money and I brought, I brought you, like, dinner and stuff. I just... Oh, that n- Number one rule, always keep people well-fed. <laughs> definitely. Oh, definitely. So I, I always try to do something. I just feel... I feel like it's just good manners it to is, do yeah. what you can. Yeah. I don't like... I don't like making promise. If I can't do something, I won't say... You know, I won't make a promise. I'll just, mm. I'll just do it if I can. And uh, sometimes I've paid people back, like years down the line i've just always thought like uh, no not everyone thinks like that though but i try i just think it's good if you can build a lot of good relationship with people definitely um like us i think like you helped me with that that bounty candles thing and i just thought uh, the moment i've seen an opportunity where i was like oh she's doing this give us some money to do this yeah (laughs) yeah i just thought oh i mean i was i I seen it and i was like oh it'd be cool to have a bit of voice over on my on my podcast yeah, so, I love yeah. that. I love that style as well. I haven't had the opportunity to do a lot of it. I did an advert for Jack's music. Was it maybe a year or so ago? Maybe two years ago. Kind of like getting that kind of like low smooth, you know. And yes. I listen. I listen to examples. Um, I think Pixie Lot's album, or pick one of Pixie Lot's most recent albums. The woman who voiced that, the advert for that was like 
the one that I really focused on the most because she was yeah. just like, this is Pixie Lart. And it was like, really? It just sounds so commercial yeah. and there's a style to it. And so there's when, a you, style to it, yeah. when you asked me, I was like, yes. And then you were like, but you need to squeeze it into 15 seconds. And I was like, yeah. a film and photography <laughs> podcast by Figmento Films. <laughs> it's like a quick I could have just increased the speed of it, couldn't I? <laughs> no, because that would have upped the pitch. It would have been like, Oh yeah, it would have. <laughs> you decided like one of the chipmunks. Victorious. <laughs> <laughs> Fly the whole thing back at two, two to, uh, twice the speed. But yeah, do you know what? There's so much. I think we're both a couple of uh, chatterboxes. If you're up for it, I'd love to get you back on the show because I think there's other things we there's things like my brain's just spiraling now with like things we've touched on that I just want to keep jumping into. Yeah, but, I can um, talk for England. <laughs> same here. Same here. Which I guess it's good for a podcast, so, you know. Well, we'll see how many people listen till the end. <laughs> Gift of the gear. No one is listening to the end of this. I might have to just split it up into parts. But oh. um, I don't mind. I just think... Uh, uh, I think to have a real good, honest conversation, to get real useful advice, it can't be scripted, and uh, to real get to really get a good handle of of someone, mm. it's you know uh, one of my favourite people to listen to, and everyone's favourite person to listen to by the looks of it is Joe Rogan, and his podcasts are like three hours long. Are they? And, yeah, three hour long pod- wow. uh, uh, podcasts, and it's like you know what, you really get a sense of who he is and if he says something that could be deemed controversial in an interview uh you know where they take a soundbite well in that same podcast he can go on just to justify what he said or even say oh no actually i don't think that yeah and uh it's just a lot more honest you have but the yeah, time so to much... think if there's no time restriction like you can yeah. kind of ramble on and go yeah i think oh no actually no i don't <laughs> yeah, and it's okay to change your mind on things. I think changing your mind. Do you know what we didn't really, really talk about? Yeah, sorry. Um, I was just going to say we didn't really talk about the power of social media. So just before we sort of wrap this up, oh, I yeah. would just in summation, uh, from everything we've talked about today, me and Larissa have stayed very creative. Um, for fellow creatives out there, I encourage everyone to stay uh, creative, um, and just to let everyone know it is mental health awareness week as well and just to, it, your creativity doesn't always have to revolve around working towards getting paid uh, if you're a creative at heart you will find just being creative is really good for you um i've got a video on my youtube page uh, it's mindfulness and photography I, it's it was a difficult video for me to work to make because it's quite close to me but i recommend checking it out um and in I, um, terms of power of social media, oh, okay, what we got here? Yeah, go on. So I think that this this book, I'm just going to give it a little bit of a shout out. Don't know if you've heard yeah. of him, Austin Kleon. So here you go. This is the cover. It's a yellow. It's a small yellow book called Show Your Work by Austin Kleon. He has a series of books that are very much like this. There's another one called Keep Going that I've got up on my bookcase, um, and he talks about creative process as an author but in such a way that it's so translatable to whatever you do um and here's a quick john cleese quote creativity is not a talent it's a way of operating and throughout this book he talks about just you know different routines daily practice um and as it says show your work it's about just sharing a little bit of something every day on social media specifically or on a blog or on a website um, and what that can do because it shows 
consistency of some sort in terms of you are doing something every day or you're at least committed to sharing something every day um doesn't have to be finished polished perfect doesn't have to be something that everybody will like um but yeah so many different fantastic tips and i'll just for the video i'll just show you the kind of format of the book it's not a heavy read at all i'm going from back to front here i don't know why um lots of pictures doodles diagrams it's a really really comfortable easy read and um somebody loaned a copy of this to me and i I hated putting it down absolutely hated it i was i found it really addictive and i gave it back the copy and bought two more off amazon one for myself and one to give to somebody else as a birthday present because i think it's that good so yeah definitely worth a read for lockdown like the perfect i'm gonna check that I'll, I'll actually check that out you know i might go and uh, order myself a copy later it's nice I love stuff and like affordable that. um and it's such a lovely little handy size i love a small dinky book um yeah he's great this guy in fact though i've got to say actually for people who if you're very if you're very opinionated about the strain that's currently on the postal service that's fine too because Austin Kleon does a heck of it there. You can find him on YouTube. You can find podcasts where he's talked and he more or less gives the entire content of the book out free on the internet. Oh, um, awesome. So you can find it definitely. You can find most of what is in here, if not the whole lot on YouTube. That sounds amazing. That yeah. actually sounds perfect for me. I fancy a, a, a new read as well. Yeah. Um, and just before we wrap up, because we did say we'd talk a bit about the power of social media, I think like, what we'll do is just do a quick a, a quick back and forth about a couple of things that if you are creative uh, but you found yourself in a lull in terms of work, a few things that can just help you out. So just to sum up why I think power, social media is powerful, simply billions of people use Facebook, billions of people use YouTube, millions of hours of video footage is uploaded to YouTube every single uh, day. Uh, if you're not using social media, you're really going to struggle in today's world. That's what the power of social media is to me. How about yourself? Um, I find it fantastic for getting feedback. I think that groups on Facebook are brilliant. Like you can always find a group for whatever the thing is that you do or make or create. Um, So that's a really good place to share stuff, you know, get it seen, get it, get feedback if you want it. Um, Twitter, I find handy to find conversations for you know and learn things and people are likely to uh, like people that are up there if you like are likely to answer questions um yeah I, i find that a difficult one i do i find it really it's it depends what you're sharing find the place find a hub within a social media platform you know um not not every social media platform is perfect for every area or or um what am i searching for here discipline or yeah see it's like um if you're an artist you might go um or a, or a photographer i know a lot of people use like pinterest and uh and instagram um, is big for and artists instagram. and photographers yeah definitely exactly yeah you don't have to necessarily spread yourself thin over a lot of platforms mm. 
Uh, I mean, and just to add another point onto that, uh, if you aren't, if you haven't got work now, treat it a little bit like work. It's just scheduling time. One of the best things you can do for yourself as well, rather than feel like you have to do this sort of thing every single day, is you can just do a batch of stuff once a week or even once a month. Uh, and then just have it to schedule across different social media accounts. Yeah, get the um, week. get I, I uh, I help people with their social media. Some some companies, and I do. I use Hootsuite. You can schedule yep. stuff to go out, like you said. That's handy. What are the other ones? You've got Hootsuite. Um, uh, there's oh I can't remember now. There's um there's one for emails. Something monkey. Oh, what is it called? Oh no! Are you thinking of Survey Monkey, Mailchimp, Mailchimp for newsletters? Mailchimp for newsletters—that's yeah. the one. Um, uh, and what else? And even if you don't want to go into those programs, uh, Facebook—you uh, can just schedule stuff on Facebook, YouTube. Actually, you can schedule stuff on all the platforms. You can. Hootsuite uh, is good for being free, though. You can schedule. Yes. You can have a maximum of three platforms. So I tend to have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter because they're a good main three. Yes, um, the big three. And you can schedule with times and dates up to 30 posts. So that's 10 posts on each platform if you're yeah. doing all three. Um, but you have you can draft an infinite number of posts. And, wow. And you can still, as far as I know anyway, and you can still input the date and time that you will end up scheduling for as yep. you go. So you can kind of plan it very systematically. And then, you know, once your scheduled ones start to get used up you can put those into scheduled by clicking schedule yeah. um it's the next step up really i think the more organized you get them the, it, it can become it can quickly become a chore if you're if you're making a lot more content but then constantly uploading mm -hmm. if you're skipping between lots of different platforms mm -hmm. it can become become quite messy and a bit of a headache so something like that is fantastic Thank well it's you. really good to have you on um if if you've liked this podcast, um, then don't forget you can follow us or wherever on Spotify, you get iTunes. your podcast. Uh, if you're watching us on, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if you're watching on uh, YouTube, you can leave me any comments about anything you've seen in the episode. Uh, just leave them in the comments below if you've got anything to say. Uh, you can also uh, subscribe and hit the bell icon to keep notified of any future episodes. For anyone who wants to find uh, find you, where can we? Uh, where, what are your links? Uh, so I have my own little patch of turf at LorettaHope.co.uk. That's with one R and two T's. Um, and then most of my social media handles are LorettaHopeCo.uk with no spaces or complications. So I'm pretty easy oh, on that front. And they can also find her on uh, Fiverr as well. Yeah, the rest of um, Hope. Yep. Yeah. So some voiceovers. No one's allowed podcasts now, though. I'm the only one. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. <laughs> yeah, and then I've got um, arty all sorts, a bit like licorice all sorts. And that's my art page. And I've got a Facebook and Instagram for that, too if anybody is interested in my mermaids <laughs> and my little animals made from fork paintings. I'm sure there's a community of people out there who just love mermaids, a bit like bronies. There really is. You should see these hashtags <laughs> on, uh, on Instagram. It's amazing. But yeah, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you very much. And uh, hopefully we'll have you on again, uh, again soon. Um, but that's going to be it for today because this is a long episode, but it's been really, really good fun. And uh, I hope to catch you all next time. Take it easy.
The Pictorialist. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.